Stone Fox, written by John Reynolds Gardner, illustrated by Greg Hargraves, narrated by Kathleen Moranti. There's got to be another way. As little Willie walked out of the bank with his head down, Searchlight greeted him by placing two muddy paws on his chest. Little Willie smiled and grabbed Searchlight around the neck and squeezed her as hard as he could. We'll do it, girl. You and me. We'll find the way. The next day, Little Willie talked to everybody he could think of. He talked with his teacher, Miss Williams. He talked with Lester at the general store. He even talked with Hank, who swept up over at the post office. They all agreed. Sell the farm. That was the only answer. Chapter 1. Grandfather. One day, Grandfather wouldn't get out of bed. He just lay there and stared at the ceiling and looked sad. At first, Little Willie thought he was playing. Little Willie lived with his grandfather on a small potato farm in Wyoming. It was hard work living on a potato farm, but it was also a lot of fun, especially when Grandfather felt like playing, like the time Grandfather dressed up as the scarecrow out in the garden. It took Little Willie an hour to catch on. Boy, did they laugh. Grandfather laughed so hard, he cried. And when he cried, his beard filled up with tears. Grandfather always got up real early in the morning, so early that it was still dark outside. He would make a fire. Then he would make breakfast and call little Willie. Hurry up, or you'll be eating with the chickens, he would say. Then he would throw his head back and laugh. Once little Willie went back to sleep, when he woke up, he found his plate out in the chicken coop. It was picked clean. He never slept late again after that. That is, until this morning. For some reason, Grandfather had forgotten to call him. That's when little Willie discovered that Grandfather was still in bed. There could be only one explanation. Grandfather was playing. It was another trick. Or was it... Get up, Grandfather, Little Willie said. I don't want to play anymore. But Grandfather didn't answer. Little Willie ran out of the house. A dog was sleeping on the front porch. Come out, Searchlight, Little Willie cried out. The dog jumped to its feet, and together they ran off down the road. Searchlight was a big black dog. She had a white spot on her forehead, the size of a silver dollar. She was an old dog actually born on the same day as Little Willie, which was over ten years ago. A mile down the road, they came to a small log cabin surrounded by tall trees. Doc Smith was sitting in a rocking chair under one of the trees, reading a book. Doc Smith! Little Willie called out. He was out of breath. Come quick! What seems to be the matter, Willie? The doctor asked, continuing to read. Doc Smith had snow-white hair and wore a long black dress. Her skin was tan, and her face was covered with wrinkles. Grandfather won't answer me, Little Willie said. Probably just another trick, Doc Smith replied. Nothing to worry about. But he's still in bed. Doc Smith turned a page and continued to read. How late did you two stay up last night? We went to bed early, real early. No singing or music or anything. Doc Smith stopped reading. Your grandfather went to bed without playing his harmonica? She asked. Little Willie nodded. Doc Smith shut her book and stood up. 
Hitch up Rex for me, Willie, she said. I'll get my bag. Rex was Doc Smith's horse. He was a handsome palomino. Little Willie hitched Rex to the wagon, and then they rode back to Grandfather's farm. Searchlight ran on ahead, leading the way and barking. Searchlight enjoyed a good run. Grandfather was just the same. He hadn't moved. Searchlight put her big front paws up on the bed and rested her head on Grandfather's chest. She licked his beard, which was full of tears. Doc Smith proceeded to examine Grandfather. She used just about everything in her little black bag. What's that for? Little Willie asked. What are you doing now? Must you ask so many questions? Doc Smith said. Grandfather says it's good to ask questions. Doc Smith pulled a long silver object from her doctor's bag. What's that for? Little Willie asked. Hush. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. When Doc Smith had finished her examination, she put everything back into her little black bag. Then she walked over to the window and looked out at the field of potatoes. After a moment, she asked, How's the crop this year, Willie? Grandfather says it's the best ever. Doc Smith rubbed her wrinkled face. What's wrong with him? Little Willie asked. Do you owe anybody money? She asked. No, Little Willie answered. What's wrong? Why won't you tell me what's wrong? That's just it, she said. There is nothing wrong with him. You mean he's not sick? Medically, he's as healthy as an ox. Could live to be a hundred if he wanted to. I don't understand, Little Willie said. Doc Smith took a deep breath, and then she began. It happens when a person gives up. Gives up on life, for whatever reason. Starts up here in the mind first, and then it spreads to the body. It's a real sickness, all right, and there's no cure, except in the person's own mind. I'm sorry, child, but it appears that your grandfather just doesn't want to live anymore. Little Willie went silent for a long time before he spoke. But what about fishing, and the rodeo, and turkey dinners? Doesn't he want to do those things anymore? Grandfather shut his eyes, and tears rolled down his cheeks and disappeared into his beard. I'm sure he does, Doc Smith said, putting her arm around Little Willie. It must be something else. Little Willie stared at the floor. I'll find out. I'll find out what's wrong and make it better. You'll see. I'll make Grandfather want to live again. And Searchlight barked loudly. Chapter 2 Little Willie. A ten-year-old boy cannot run a farm, but you can't tell a ten-year-old boy that, especially a boy like Little Willie. Grandfather grew potatoes, and that's exactly what Little Willie was going to do. The harvest was just weeks away, and Little Willie was sure that if the crop was a good one, Grandfather would get well. Hadn't Grandfather been overly concerned about the crop this year? Hadn't he insisted that every square inch of land be planted? Hadn't he gotten up in the middle of the night to check the irrigation? Gonna be our best ever, Willie, he had said, and he had said it over and over again. Yes, after the harvest, everything would be all right. Little Willie was sure of it, but Doc Smith wasn't. He's getting worse, she said three weeks later. It's best to face these things, Willie. Your grandfather is going to die. 
He'll get better. You'll see. Wait till after the harvest. Doc Smith shook her head. I think you should consider letting Mrs. Peacock in town take care of him, like she does those other sickly folks. He'll be in good hands until the end comes. Doc Smith stepped up into the wagon. You can come live with me until we make plans. She looked at Searchlight. I'm sure there's a farmer in these parts who needs a good work dog. Searchlight growled, causing Doc Smith's horse Rex to pull the wagon forward a few feet. Believe me, Willie, it's better this way. No, shouted little Willie. We're a family. Don't you see? We gotta stick together. Searchlight barked loudly, causing the horse to rear up on his hind legs and then take off running. Doc Smith jammed her foot on the brake, but it didn't do any good. The wagon disappeared down the road in a cloud of dust. Little Willie and Searchlight looked at each other, and then Little Willie broke out laughing. Searchlight joined him by barking again. Little Willie knelt down, took Searchlight by the ears, and looked directly into her eyes. She had the greenest eyes you'd ever seen. I won't ever give you away. Ever. I promise. He put his arms around the dog's strong neck and held her tightly. I love you, Searchlight. And Searchlight understood, for she had heard those words many times before. That evening, Little Willie made a discovery. He was sitting at the foot of Grandfather's bed, playing the harmonica. He wasn't as good as Grandfather by a long shot. But whenever he missed a note, Searchlight would put her head back and howl. Once, when Little Willie was way off key, Searchlight actually grabbed the harmonica in her mouth and ran out of the room with it. Do you want me to play some more? Little Willie asked Grandfather, knowing very well that Grandfather would not answer. Grandfather had not talked, not one word, for over three weeks. But something happened that was almost like talking. Grandfather put his hand down on the bed with his palm facing upward. Little Willie looked at the hand for a long time, and then, in a whisper, Does that mean yes? Grandfather closed his hand slowly, and then opened it again. Little Willie rushed to the side of the bed. His eyes were wild with excitement. What's the sign for no? Grandfather turned his hand over and laid it flat on the bed. Palm down meant no. Palm up meant yes. Before the night was over, they had worked out other signals in their hand and finger code. One finger meant, I'm hungry. Two fingers meant water. But most of the time, Little Willie just asked questions that Grandfather could either answer yes or no. And Searchlight seemed to know what was going on, for she would lick Grandfather's hand every time he made a sign. The next day, Little Willie began to prepare for the harvest. There was a lot of work to be done. The underground shed, where the potatoes would be stored until they could be sold, had to be cleaned. The potato sacks had to be inspected and mended if needed. The plow had to be sharpened, but most important, because Grandfather's old mare had died last winter, a horse to pull the plow had to be located and rented. It was going to be difficult to find a horse, because most farmers were not interested in overworking their animals for any price. Grandfather kept his money in a strong box under the boards in the corner of his bedroom. Little Willie got the box out and opened it. It was empty, except for some letters that Little Willie didn't bother to read. There was no money to rent a horse, no money for anything else, for that matter. 
Little Willie had no idea they were broke. Everything they had needed since Grandfather had took sick. Little Willie had gotten at Lester's general store on credit against this year's crop. No wonder Grandfather was so concerned. No wonder he had gotten sick. Little Willie had to think of something, and quick. It was now the middle of September. The potatoes they had planted in early June took from 90 to 120 days to mature, which meant they must be harvested soon. Besides, the longer he waited, the more danger there was that an early freeze would destroy the crop. And Little Willie was sure that if the crop died, Grandfather would die too. A friend of Grandfather's offered to help, but Little Willie said no. Don't accept help unless you can pay for it. Grandfather had always said, especially from friends. And then Little Willie remembered something. His college money. He had enough to rent a horse, pay for help, everything. He told Grandfather about his plan, but Grandfather signaled no. Little Willie pleaded with him, but Grandfather just repeated, no, no, no. The situation appeared hopeless. But Little Willie was determined. He would dig up the potatoes by hand if he had to. And then Searchlight solved the problem. She walked over and stood in front of the plow. In her mouth was the harness she wore during the winter when she pulled the snow sled. Little Willie shook his head. Digging up a field is not the same as riding over snow, he told her. But Searchlight just stood there and would not move. You don't have the strength, girl. Little Willie tried to talk her out of it, but Searchlight had made up her mind. The potato plants grew about two feet high, but there are no potatoes on it. The potatoes are all underground. The plow digs up the plants and churns the potatoes to the surface, where they can be picked up and put into sacks. It took Little Willie and Searchlight over ten days to complete the harvest, but they made it. Either the dirt was softer than Little Willie had thought, or Searchlight was stronger, because she actually seemed to enjoy herself. And the harvest was a big one, close to 200 bushels per acre, and each bushel weighed around 60 pounds. Little Willie inspected the potatoes, threw out the bad ones, and put the rest into sacks. He then put the sacks into the underground shed. Mr. Leeks, a tall man with a thin face, riding a horse that was also tall and had a thin face, came out to the farm and bought the potatoes. Last year, Grandfather had sold the crop to Mr. Leeks, so that's what Little Willie did this year. We made it, Grandfather, Little Willie said, as tears of happiness rolled down his cheeks. See? Little Willie held up two handfuls of money. You can stop worrying. You can get better now. Grandfather put his hand down on the bed. Palm down meant no. It was not the crop he'd been worried about. It was something else. Little Willie had been wrong all along. Chapter 3. Searchlight. It's easy to tell when it's winter in Wyoming. There is snow on everything. The trees, the houses, the roads, the fields, and even the people, if they stay outside long enough. It's not a dirty snow. It's a clean, soft snow that rests like a blanket over the entire state. The air is clear and crisp, and the rivers are all frozen. It's fun to be outdoors and see the snowflakes float down past the brim of your hat and hear the squeak of the fresh powder under your boots. Winter in Wyoming can be the most beautiful time of the year, if you're ready for it.
Little Willie was ready. He had chopped enough wood. They would not be cold. He had stocked enough food. They would not go hungry. He had asked Lester at the general store how much food Grandfather had bought last year. Then he had purchased the same amount. This would be more than enough because Grandfather wasn't eating very much these days. The coming of snow as early as October also meant the coming of school. But little Willie didn't mind. He liked school. However, his teacher, Miss Williams, had told Grandfather once, "'Far as I'm concerned, that boy of yours just asked too many questions.' Grandfather had just laughed and said, "'How's he going to learn if he don't ask?' Then, later, Grandfather had said to little Willie, "'If your teacher don't know, you ask me. If I don't know, you ask the library. If the library don't know, then you've really got yourself a good question.' Grandfather taught little Willie a lot, but now little Willie was on his own. Each morning he would get up and make a fire. Then he would make oatmeal mush for breakfast. He ate it. Searchlight ate it. Grandfather ate it. He would feed Grandfather a spoonful at a time. After breakfast, little Willie would hitch up Searchlight to the sled. It was an old wooden sled that Grandfather had bought from the Indians. It was so light that little Willie could pick it up with one hand but it was strong and sturdy. Little Willie rode on the sled standing up, and Searchlight would pull him five miles across the snow-covered countryside to the schoolhouse, which was located on the outskirts of town. Searchlight loved the snow. She would wait patiently outside the schoolhouse all day long, and Little Willie never missed a chance to run out between classes and play with his friend. After school, they would go into the town of Jackson and run errands. They would pick up supplies at Lester's general store or go to the post office or go to the bank. Little Willie had $50 in a savings account at the bank. Every month, Grandfather had deposited the money Little Willie had earned working on the farm. Don't thank me. Grandfather would say, you earned it. You're a good little worker and I'm proud of you. Grandfather wanted Little Willie to go to college and become educated. All Little Willie wanted to do was grow potatoes, but he had respected his grandfather enough to do whatever he said. If there were no errands to run that day, Searchlight would just pull Little Willie up and down Main Street. Little Willie loved to look at all the people, especially the city slickers, as Grandfather called them. Why, they don't even know a potato from a peanut, Grandfather said, and their hands were as pink and soft as a baby's. You couldn't miss the city slickers. They were the ones who looked as if they were going to a wedding. At a little before six each day, Little Willie would position his sled in front of the old church on Main Street. Today again, he waited, eyes glued on the big church clock that loomed high overhead. Searchlight waited too, ears perked up, eyes alert, legs slightly bent, ready to spring forward. Boing! At the first stroke of six, Searchlight lunged forward with such force that Little Willie was almost thrown from the sled. Straight down Main Street they went, the sled's runners barely touching the snow. They were one big blur as they turned right onto North Road, and they were almost out of town before the church clock became silent again. Go, Searchlight, go! Little Willie's voice sang out, across the snowy twilight, and did Searchlight go. She had run this race a hundred times before, and she knew the whereabouts of every fallen tree and hidden gully. 
This enabled her to travel at tremendous speed, even though it was getting dark and more dangerous. Little Willie sucked in the cool night air and felt the sting of the wind against his face. It was a race all right, a race against time, a race against themselves, a race they always won. The small building up ahead was Grandfather's farmhouse. When Searchlight saw it, she seemed to gather up every ounce of her remaining strength. She forged ahead with such speed that the sled seemed to lift up off the ground and fly. They were so exhausted when they arrived at the house that neither of them noticed the horse tied up outside. Little Willie unhitched searchlight, and then both of them stumbled over onto their backs in the snow and stared up at the moon. Searchlight had her head and one paw on Little Willie's chest and was licking the underside of his chin. Little Willie had a hold of searchlight's ear, and he was grinning. The owner of the horse stood on the front porch and watched them, tapping his foot impatiently. Chapter 4. The Reason Get over here! The voice cut through the air like the twang of a ricocheting bullet. Little Willie had never heard a voice like that before. Not on this farm. He couldn't move. But Searchlight sure could. The owner of the voice barely had time to step back into the house and close the door. Searchlight barked and snarled and jumped at the closed door. Then the door opened a crack. The man stood in the opening. He was holding a small derringer and pointing it at Searchlight. His hand was shaking. Don't shoot! Little Willie yelled as he reached out and touched Searchlight gently on the back. The barking stopped. Who are you? Name's Clifford Snyder, state of Wyoming. The man said with authority. He opened the door a little farther. The man was dressed as if he was going to a wedding, a city slicker. He was short, with a small head and a thin, droopy mustache that reminded Little Willie of the last time he'd drunk a glass of milk in a hurry. What do you want? Little Willie asked. Official business. Can't the old man inside talk? Not regular talk. We have a code. I can show you. As Little Willie reached for the door, Clifford Snyder again aimed his gun at Searchlight, who had begun to growl. Leave that thing outside, he demanded. She'll be all right if you put your gun away. No. Are you afraid of her? I'm not afraid. Dogs can always tell when someone's afraid of them. Just get in this house this minute, Clifford Snyder yelled, and his face turned red. Little Willie left searchlight outside, but Clifford Snyder wouldn't put his gun away until they were all the way into Grandfather's bedroom, and then he insisted that Little Willie shut the door. Grandfather's eyes were wide open and fixed on the ceiling. He looked much older and much more tired than he had this morning. You're no better than other folks, Clifford Snyder began as he lit up a long, thin cigar and blew smoke toward the ceiling. And anyway, it's the law, plain and simple. Little Willie didn't say anything. He was busy combing Grandfather's hair, like he did every day when he got home. When he finished, he held up the mirror so Grandfather could see. I'm warning you, Clifford Snyder continued. If you don't pay, we have our ways. And it's all legal, all fair and legal. You're no better than other folks. Do we owe you some money, Mr. Snyder? Little Willie asked. Taxes, son. Taxes on this farm. Your grandfather hasn't been paying them. Little Willie was confused. Taxes? 
Grandfather had always paid every bill, and always on time, and little Willie did the same. So what was this about taxes? Grandfather had never mentioned them before. There must be some mistake. Is it true? Little Willie asked Grandfather, but Grandfather didn't answer. Apparently, he had gotten worse during the day. He didn't move his hand or even his fingers. Ask him about the letters, piped up Clifford Snyder. What letters? Every year we send a letter, a tax bill, showing how much you owe. I've never seen one, insisted little Willie. Probably threw him out. Are you sure? began little Willie, and then he remembered the strong box. He removed the boards, then lifted the heavy box up onto the floor. He opened it and removed the papers. The papers he had remembered seeing when he looked for the money to rent the horse. Are these the letters? he asked. Clifford Snyder snatched the letters from Little Willie's hand and examined them. Yep, sure are, he said. These go back over ten years. He held up one of the letters. This here is the last one we sent. Little Willie looked at the paper. There were so many figures and columns and numbers that he couldn't make any sense out of what he was looking at. How much do we owe you, Mr. Snyder? Says right here, clear as a bell. The short man jabbed his short finger at the bottom of the page. Little Willie's eyes popped open. Five hundred dollars? We owe you five hundred dollars? Clifford Snyder nodded, rocking forward onto his toes, making himself taller. And if you don't pay, he said, I figure this here farm is just about worth. You can't take our farm away, Little Willie screamed, and Searchlight began barking outside. Oh, yes, we can, Clifford Snyder said, smiling, exposing his yellow tobacco-stained teeth. Chapter 5. The Way The next day, Little Willie met the situation head-on, or at least he wanted to, but he wasn't sure just what to do. Where was he going to get $500? Grandfather had always said, where there's a will, there's a way. Little Willie had the will. Now all he had to do was find the way. Of all the stupid things, cried Doc Smith, not paying his taxes. Let this be a lesson to you, Willie. But the potatoes barely bring in enough money to live on, explained little Willie. We went broke last year. Doesn't matter. Taxes gotta be paid, whether we like it or not. And believe me, I don't know of anybody who likes it. Then why do we have them in the first place? Because it's the way the state gets its money. Why don't they grow potatoes like Grandfather does? Doc Smith laughed. They have more important things to do than grow potatoes, she explained. Like what? Like taking care of us. Grandfather says we should take care of ourselves. But not all people can take care of themselves. Like the sick. Like your grandfather. I can take care of him. He took care of me when my mother died. Now I'm taking care of him. But what if something should happen to you? Oh. Little Willie thought about this. They walked over to the sled, where a searchlight was waiting, Doc Smith's high boots sinking into the soft snow with each step. Little Willie brushed the snow off searchlight's back. Then he asked, Owing all this money is the reason Grandfather got sick, isn't it? I believe it is, Willie. She agreed. So, if I pay the taxes, Grandfather will get better, won't he? Doc Smith rubbed the wrinkles below her eyes. You just better do what I told you before. Let Mrs. Peacock take care of your grandfather and... But he will. He'll get better, won't he? Yes, I'm sure he would. But, child, where are you going to get five hundred dollars?
I don't know, but I will. You'll see. That afternoon, little Willie stepped into the bank wearing his blue suit and his blue tie. His hair was so slicked down that it looked like wet paint. He asked to see Mr. Foster, the president of the bank. Mr. Foster was a big man with a big cigar stuck right in the center of his mouth. When he talked, the cigar bobbled up and down, and little Willie wondered why the ash didn't fall off the end of it. Little Willie showed Mr. Foster the papers from Grandfather's strongbox and told him everything Clifford Snyder, the taxman, had said. So, Mr. Foster recommended after studying the papers, the cigar bobbled up and down, sell the farm and pay the taxes. If you don't, they can take the farm away from you. They have the right. I'll be eleven next year. I'll grow more potatoes than anybody's ever seen. You'll see. You need five hundred dollars, Willie. Do you know how much that is? And anyway, there isn't enough time. Of course, the bank could loan you the money, but how could you pay it back? Then what about next year? No, I say sell before you end up with nothing. The cigar ash fell onto the desk. I have fifty dollars in my savings account. I'm sorry, Willie, Mr. Foster said as he wiped the ash off onto the floor. As little Willie walked out of the bank with his head down, Searchlight greeted him by placing two muddy paws on his chest. Little Willie smiled and grabbed Searchlight around the neck and squeezed her as hard as he could. We'll do it, girl. You and me. We'll find the way. The next day, little Willie talked to everybody he could think of. He talked with his teacher, Miss Williams. He talked with Lester at the general store. He even talked with Hank, who swept up over at the post office. They all agreed, sell the farm. That was the only answer. There was only one person left to talk to, if only he could. Should we sell? Little Willie asked. Palm up meant yes. Palm down meant no. Grandfather's hand lay motionless on the bed. Searchlight barked. Grandfather's fingers twitched. But that was all. Things looked hopeless. And then Little Willie found the way. He was at Lester's general store when it happened, when he saw the poster. Every February, the National Dog Sled Races were held in Jackson, Wyoming. People came from all over to enter the race, and some of the finest dog teams in the country were represented. It was an open race. Any number of dogs could be entered. Even one. The race covered ten miles of snow-covered countryside, starting and ending on Main Street, right in the front of the old church. There was a cash prize for the winner. The amount varied from year to year. This year, it just happened to be... Five hundred dollars. Sure, Lester said as he pried the nail loose and handed little Willie the poster. I'll pick up another at the mayor's office. Lester was skinny but strong, wore a white apron, and talked with saliva on his lips. Gonna be a good one this year. They say that mountain man, the Indian called Stone Fox, might come. Never lost a race. No wonder, with five Samoas. But little Willie wasn't listening as he ran out of the store, clutching the poster in his hand. Thank you, Lester. Thank you. Grandfather's eyes were fixed on the ceiling. Little Willie had to stand on his toes in order to position the poster directly in front of Grandfather's face. I'll win, little Willie said. You'll see. They'll never take this farm away. Searchlight barked and put one paw up on the bed. Grandfather closed his eyes, squeezing out a tear that rolled down and filled up his ear. Little Willie gave Grandfather a big hug, and Searchlight barked again. 